welcome adventurer to the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a show that uses your experiences and opinions to discuss board games and the gaming community. Join the heroes as they conquer perils such as meeples, cards, and miniatures, all in an effort to level up. You're listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Welcome, adventurers, to episode 110 of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. This is a special side quest episode. This is King Scott. And this is just Patrick. Now, as any honorable adventurer knows, a side quest is where we get into the narrow nooks and crannies of the hobby and focus on one thing in particular. And today, that thing in particular is Game Toppers and the mysterious man behind them. That's right. Kevin Berkermeter, welcome. <laughs> oh, oh, he could get a job at a telemarketing company. <laughs> Not so easy to say, Burkhard Smyer, is it? Is that Burkhard Smyer? <laughs> I see why that they go with Burkey. the first Berkey. time I've actually heard it out loud. And I, I'm trying to think how long I've known you, and I've never heard anyone actually say your name. It's always just been Berkey. Yeah, it's uh, you can easily identify telemarketers because it's usually Birkenheimer Schmidt, and I say, no, he's not here. <laughs> That's why my friends call me Berkey. So please call me Berkey. Most certainly. So, well, hey, Berkey, thank you so much for giving us some of your uh, time. I know things are really getting busy right now, getting ready for Kickstarter, getting ready for Packs Unplugged coming up, all sorts of things here. But first of all, I want to ask you. How did you get into gaming as a whole? Yeah, it, it kind of goes way back. And uh, I, I have an AARP card, so that says something right there. You know, I don't want it, but they keep sending them. But <laughs> I started gaming way back in high school. I played those big games like Axis and Allies and Fortress mm. America and those big box Milton Bradley games. And that was a big deal for heavy games, so to speak. And we played Risk and all those other things as well. But then I get married, and as my family grew, we have four children. They all uh, love playing games when they're little. And back in the day, about 15 years ago, Days of Wonder had this awesome special at Christmas. You buy one game, you get one free. Mm-hmm. Well, man, we loaded up on all those. Coliseum and <laughs> you buy 15, and you'll memoir. get 15 free. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were on that. You know, I was making sure we had our points, and every year we buy a couple games for the family. So we enjoyed that. And then it was when my son was graduating high school, his best friend was a gamer and his dad was a really big gamer. And we decided to go to Gen Con. Oh, well, I didn't oh, know anything about Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? So we loaded up the Buick LeSabre and off we went. Well, during that time, we went into the board game room and we were playing this little game called Nothing Personal. Well, this big guy comes over walking over. And he says, well, have you whacked anybody yet? And I, I'm looking at, well, who's this guy? Well, my son, Josiah, and Trevor, they knew who this guy was, and they were speechless. They okay. were like, oh, it, 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 it's, it's Tom Vassell. I didn't know who he was. Well, of course, Tom and Steve Avery designed that game. Well, he gave us a couple hints, and it was it was a lot of fun. Later that night, uh, the next day, we're in the same room, and here he comes up to us, and he sees us. He goes, you guys looking for a game? And yeah, what do you want to do? And I guess five people. He says, how about we play El Grande? Mm. And of course, that's what we did. Yeah. And we just had this amazing time. Well, Gen Con was awesome. We had this huge haul. I mean, we had so many games that we had to unpack our luggage and stuff all of our underwears and everything underneath the seats <laughs> so we could make sure everything fit in there. I mean, we were crap. <laughs> that was crazy. Okay. so oh, That's the way to do it. <laughs> but moving forward, the next year I go to Gen Con, and, and at this point I started getting to know a few more people in the hobby, things of that nature, and my daughters have a historical costume company, and they, they're the National Clothiers, actually, for the Jane Austen Society. They do a lot oh, of wow. Regency gowns and amazing costumes. They started doing Renaissance costumes, different things of that, selling them nas- nationwide. 
Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> Just to help your sponsor there, right? Ber- Berkey's got a sponsorship. He's got a, he's got to drop Nationwide three times on every podcast. I need a shirt. Can I get a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> so we had this idea. When we play games, you know, we're always horsing around. We jump into character immediately. You know, we're playing nothing personal. It's like, you know, when did I ever refuse an accommodation? I mean, immediately we jump into character and start screwing around, having fun. We thought, why don't we dress up in costumes and play these games? And let's make the costumes from the art assets of the game. So we pitched this idea to Tom Vassell when we meet him the next year. And he goes, I can't give you any money, but I'll put you on the board game breakfast show if you guys can do it. So he said, all right, we're on. And our first episode of Board Game Theater I was the good sheriff of Nottingham. Surely you do not have four plump chickens in your pouch. (laughs) Right into the theme of the game. I love it. (laughs) Of course, you being an amazing Scott, amazing thespian and renaissance. I can't hold a candle to your kingly. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) But we had the fortune of connecting a lot with Arcane Wonders, my good friend and the owner of Arcane Wonders, Brian Pope and Scott Morris and Tony Gladi, now Robert Geisling all good friends and i had the opportunity to be the king of royals Mm -hmm. i remember that that's whenever i first met you at origins you're dressed up as the king for uh royals whenever they're pushing that game now i gotta ask have you done any other characters at booths and is this something that you worked with other ones or is it just arcane wonders what what all characters have you portrayed in games well, we did the Sheriff of Nottingham first, which was really fun. I was actually did a special skit on one of the Dice Tower shows at Gen Con and Dice Tower East. And then I would help Arcane Wonders in the booth, demo the game. And I wouldn't always teach the game. A lot of times I was just there to add some color and give the fans some fun, you know, while they're playing the game and mess around, take pictures with the kids and just, you know, add some color and have fun. But then it, the next episode was Royals. They had a really big booth at Gen Con, and we had launched the three episodes of Royal, which was a how to play, but it was also theatrical, and then really helped uh, teach the game. And there was a little tournament that was happening, and then you got to play a game against the king, and that was kind of a fun thing. They had a big table with a throne, and it was awesome. And then they came out with this game called Spoils of War. Oh, yes. Really fun little Viking-themed dice chucker or or liar's dice type of game collecting Viking artifacts. And I became the royal chieftain of the Viking (laughs) horde, and I grew my beard way out of this big honking beard. Uh, my grandkids loved to pull on that thing. In fact, my, my little one, my four-year-old, um, said that to his mom the other day, I wonder when grandpa's going to get his beard. <laughs> they still remember it. Gaming characters aside, you've done Santa Claus, right? Oh, yeah. The girls, oh, get, they, the girls made me the sexy Santa Claus, though. The Kurt Russell version. <laughs> oh, well, I mean. I'm, I'm anything but sexy. But, but I like to think when I'm in that costume, I'm sexy Santa. So, Scott, I'm going to steal the floor for a second. So you're getting well, in the game. Certainly. You're getting behind the scenes for a bit. And at some point, the the spark, the spark, the, the flame was lit for game toppers. Now, for adventurers, listen, game toppers, these are these mats that you put on top of your table. We've all seen where you can go out and buy a table and spend $5,000 to get your deluxe gaming table. And you know what? That's cool if you can afford that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Most of us can't, right? We're we're gaming nerds. I can't anyway, so I assume no one can. If you can't afford one of these luxury tables, Game Toppers is, it's sort of a solution for for folks like me or for folks that maybe don't have the room. Maybe you can afford one of those big tables, but you just don't have the space for it. Game Toppers deals in rollout neoprene mats that you put on top of your table, actual like table toppers. It's got the side rails and everything. You put it on top of a card table and suddenly you're playing on something deluxe. That came to you. You started to mention Tom Vass, and I was thinking leading up to this is like, man, you know, Tom might be like the godfather of board game content creation. And I think, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Bonacore calls himself the pod father. Whenever it comes to gaming surfaces and tables and accessories surrounding the experience underneath the board, what you're playing on, Burke, you're kind of like the godfather of this. You sort of took this under your wing and made it your thing. You're the guy. 
How did that start? <laughs> well, I don't know if I can take all that credit, but that's awesome. <laughs> well, really, it came from that first experience at Gen Con. And at that time, Geek Chic was the premier table manufacturer, but they were five and $10,000. They had one that was $15,000. They were gorgeous. Well, I've ran a lot of businesses, had a successful computer company. I've had the stonemasonry business, a couple other things, a spice company. And I've done a lot of different things in my life, but I thought, I know I could make one of those. I'm a craftsman. I'm a woodworker. I have a nice wood shop. So I started designing it based on that. And then I worked with my father, who's an amazing craftsman, and he built me a dedicated table all out of hickory and cherry and a little bit of cedar, and it had leather and had some deer, actual deer horn in some of the oh, door handles, yeah. and it matched my deer prints. You know, we live out in rural Minnesota, so we're kind of wildlife enthusiasts and all of that. And Well, anyway... Beautiful table. We love playing on that thing. We shot all of our episodes of Board Game Theater on it. And then I got thinking about my two oldest daughters who have the costume company moved, got married. They moved about 40 minutes to an hour away from us. And I would go up there, my wife and I sometimes on Wednesday nights, we play games. I thought, how do I make a portable version of this so we can have that same experience? Because we love playing on that dedicated table. So I got thinking, okay, I got an idea. Built one. And to be real honest with you, it really sucked. It was <laughs> it was this big honking thing that weighed, you know, 120 pounds, had a great big hinge down the center. Well, you can't put that on your table. So I had to build oh. these ruts. And, but the wonderful thing about that whole, I had a piece, big old hunk of carpet for my mat, you know, and no mm-hmm. cup holders, nothing like that. But I had a rail and had the vault and all of that. This and is it version up, one. It was, yeah, it was, it was unmanageable, but... It was kind of cool to think about, just not very useful. Well, after that engineering of that, I started thinking about how that hangs over the table and the problem having a flat surface on a table. And that that is what got us the engineering ideas for the cross-support engineering that we mm. have now. I made another prototype. It was pretty good and made a third one. And that one was pretty nice. In fact, I still have, I have the original and I have... <laughs> have the third one. Then my dad and I collaborated. We had this idea. You know what's cool? Magnets are cool. We're going to make this thing magnetize and we're going to, it's going to come together and magnetize and the cup holders and all this stuff. Well, as we continued to engineer that, we found out how, how stupid we were about the cost of the type of magnets that would oh. need be needed to do what we wanted it to do. It would become prohibitive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cost prohibitive and pinch your fingers off. And now, were you doing all this with the thought in mind of eventually marketing it and trying to sell it? Or were you doing this just for yourself? Still? No, initially it was just an idea. Just, it's like, I want to have a nice table to take to Hannah and Maddie's and play games. And we started doing that and they loved it. And I thought, mm-hmm. the more I thought about it, um, talked to dad, said, if we have to make this out of wood, the cost of a table is not in the legs. The cost is in the finishing of the surface and the high quality craftsmanship. That's where all the labor comes in and the premium woods and all, all of that. All the time. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The time, capacity. It's not manufacturable at any significant capacity anyway. And so I got thinking about that. Well, when I owned my computer company, it was called Integrity Computer Systems. I had a lot of business relationships and one was a manufacturer. And I went over to Scott and I said, Scott, I got this idea. You're going to think I'm crazy. It's about board <laughs> <Yep>. games. <laughs> he goes, what? I said, the biggest thing that board games, there's this thing happening. I didn't know it was happening either, but it's <laughs> happening. And, and it's all over the world. And the thing that people want now is to trick out their games. They want inserts. They're paying, for, they're paying as much for the insert as they are the board game. Yep. Mm-hmm. You oh, yeah. know? And, and they love it. They're, they're thrilled about it. And the holy grail of a gamer is to get a nice gaming table. You know, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're a fisherman, you want a big fancy boat, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Well, anyway, I said, I got this idea. My dad and I have been working on it. I've been doing a little bit of talking to some friends in the industry. And I've at that point, had gotten known a little bit. I started a podcast with Barry Doublet, the Berkey and Badger, mm-hmm. Berkey and Babble show, and been doing that now for eight years. Not nearly as prestigious as this amazing show. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> he, he says uh, he says that on every one he goes on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, got thinking. 
I think if I could make this manufacturable, and I, at the time I was actually thinking plastic, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I like heirloom quality stuff. I want something that's going to last. I don't want some cheap old thing, you know? Right. And so I said, uh, you got any ideas? He said, I think you need an aluminum extrusion. And if we go with the right temper of aluminum, it'll be strong enough to do what you need it to do. It will maintain the tolerances. It's a more premium type of aluminum. We use what's referred to as a military grade quality, which is a T6 aluminum. But nonetheless, uh, that particular, and we use a 33 alloy, that that is very hard. It's very durable. Uh, we've been doing this for over six years now, and people have had their toppers, and you can hardly tell they've been used. That's how high quality the mm-hmm. – yeah, Scott, you've got one. Yep. Um, <laughs> So that being said, we spent about eight months with their engineers. I spent over $30,000 of my own money that I didn't have. Borrowed some from my brother-in-law even. Got skin in the game now. Yep. Yep. And I was like, I'm not going. At that time, I had understood about Kickstarter. I had listened to all of Jamie Stegmeyer's posts. You know, (laughs) I listened to his audio book twice. I read all of his posts and learned a lot from him and liked the way he did it back when he was doing it, you know. Learned a lot from those that did it well, that didn't do it so well. You know, you can always do the opposite mm-hmm. of the ones that don't do it well. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Ones that do it well, copy them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not all that smart. I just know how to copy. So anyway, we paid for the molds, but I didn't want to go to Kickstarter on other people's money, not having a proven product. And I know mm-hmm. that's the way Kickstarter is supposed to work, but... I didn't feel comfortable with that. I needed to know that if I was going to do this, that I would do what I said it would do. When we got those first prototypes, I was just so scared, just scared to death. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> Spent a lot of my money that I didn't have and, and is just an idea. At that time, I knew a lot of friends in the hobby. I sold a bunch of these toppers, paid this fortune for this low production run of 60 of them. Sold a bunch of them to my media friends for half of what I paid. Mm, You needed to get them on camera. You needed people to see it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then I had a bunch of publisher friends at that point. So Arcane Wonders bought some of them. Stefan Brichot from Yellow Games, the North American Mm. CEO at the time, uh, he saw my little little video at the Gamma Trade Show at MeepleCon right after Gamma. Little two minute crappy video. I didn't have a product yet. And one minute into the video, he pauses it. And I'm going, ah, he doesn't like it. <laughs> he goes, I want one of these right now. <laughs> you know, he's French. And so he's got his French accent, but he, he uh, bought seven of those toppers sight unseen from me. Oh, wow. Couldn't be more grateful, you know. And we went to Gen Con. I had 18 publishers that used our toppers at their show. Oh, wow. At that point, I had invested about $15,000, lost 15, if you will, or invested, whatever you want to put Mm -hmm. it. But I went around with my camera and I got 120 first impressions. And I just said, Hey, what do you think about playing on this game topper? What? Mm -hmm. What is this? Yeah, it's just a, a topper. It converts your table into a high quality board game table. Wow, this is on a folding table? Yeah. You like it? This is awesome. How much are they? Well, they're five, <laughs> six, seven hundred bucks. What? I want where can I get it? And I said, Well, we haven't gotten to market yet. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. at that point I only had one mat, you know, when we were doing that initial test run and they were the cheap one millimeter mats, you know, so we proved a lot of things. But anyway, everybody was so positive. I had 120 of these first impressions. I made a video. We went to Kickstarter about six months later, raised a half a million dollars. Wow. By the end of the year, we doubled it. People loved it. I was able to deliver on my promises. And people always would say, it's better than I thought. It looked, it's Mm -hmm. way better than I thought it looked online. And they thanked me profusely. Like, I never thought I could have a (laughs) table or a, a nice table. And I can put this away and put it in the closet or... You know, my wife's happy. I'm happy. You know, we're all <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. And it's portable. It's high quality. I'm not missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet it's it, it's accessible. 
I've worked with you a couple times at a couple cons and just seeing the people come back and you go out of your way, you, you take pictures with them, you talk to them. It's like, you know, that like you're part of their family. And that is something that's so special that I think that makes you such a great ambassador for this hobby. You really care about what the people are playing on, what you're giving them. That is just such a special, special gift that you have that you share with those people. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm, I really, uh, I have two philosophies in business. That's really kind of you to say, Scott, but the, I, I want to treat other people like I want to be treated mm-hmm. and I want to give people more than they expect. Right. And that's what I've tried to employ in all of my business. If I was doing a stone wall, I was going to give them a better price than they thought. And it's going to be better quality than they thought. And whatever situation was going on, I'm going to treat them just like I'd like to be treated with respect and kindness and all of that. And mm-hmm. so that's just been kind of an internal philosophy. But I genuinely care about every backer. I mean, if someone has a difficulty, if a shipping problem, whatever it is, I'm going to be there for them. Um, they are not a number to me. I go to incredible lengths and, and to my chagrin, my personal chagrin sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to time and money and different things to make sure that things do do what I say. And I'm a human being. I can make mistakes, but my commitment is absolutely to do those things. And so this opportunity to talk to people at the shows that have backed us and put their trust in us. Mm -hmm. And I relish it. I can't wait to meet these people. I'm so grateful. I really am. I just love them to death. I wouldn't be here without them. Mm -hmm. And hearing their stories, it also encourages me because it's like, you've been in the booth and you've heard, (laughs) they they just go on and on and they're just so glad and thankful. And and it's like, this was nothing. And it happened. Mm -hmm. And it, I was thinking, we have a big Kickstarter coming up. I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm in the shop and I was looking at this new thing we were doing and I was like, this didn't exist before. <laughs> yeah. how, did, how in the hell did we get to this? This is- <laughs> Yeah, it just blows my mind. that it's be a if cool feeling. Six, seven years ago that I'd be doing this, I'd have said, you're crazy. I remember you telling me the first time you're like, okay, this is something I'm working on here. We're going to build these tables to put on top. <laughs> and you were, you were so excited. You could see it in your face. You were so excited about it. And it was so funny listening to that. And now then I'm sitting here recording on it, playing games on it. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. We snuck into the booth at the end of, uh, what was it? Gen- no, it was origins. This origins year yes. With Will and with Tate Wu. And we were like, Okay, well, I guess we can. Uh, we're taking over the game toppers. Yeah, <laughs> we had games going on the couple demo tables you had. You had left. We we're like, just make sure it's cleaned, and uh, he won't know we were here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. It's just such a joy to to have that kind of interaction, and uh, very, very grateful, Scott, for all of your help too, and Patrick too. You guys have always been so kind to me. Oh well, thank you, thank you. Now, it's almost like we sent you a copy of the script of what we were going to talk about whenever you said something about a Kickstarter. We sent him a copy of the script to tell him about things. But <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you have a Kickstarter coming out with... I Now, I did get a sneak peek of things here early on, and things look pretty awesome. So what's going on with this Kickstarter? Give us the the idea of what people can see whenever they go to the Kickstarter page. Well, I think we'll see, you know, it's, it's, it's up to our backers. It's up to the public to really determine this, but I think this might be one of the coolest Kickstarters we've ever done. Oh, wow. Starting was quite a big deal. And every year I've been trying to get better, trying to widen the brand, make more offerings. And, and it's been an amazing process from going to just two topper styles now to six and with mm-hmm. extension leaves to extend them and rail bundles to turn half of your topper into a mini topper, all the different cup holder and accessory dice tower. Up to this point, we had 20 thematic game mats from some of the top board game artists out there. But on this Kickstarter, our last campaign we did during the pandemic was a 35 which mm-hmm. was really kind of a mini Kickstarter because of some of the supply chain issues. We were only oh, sure. bring a few things to market. So it was kind of like a mini Kickstarter. But all along, we've been working towards this one. We had hoped this would have launched last year, actually. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm really thoughtful about the products we offer. 
I like to have them proven before I go. Mm -hmm. So that product research and development takes a lot of time to test, prove everything, make sure it's cost effective, makes good business sense and have all the logistics in place to do it well for everyone. Well, I think we've accomplished that. What One of the big things, people love us for our premium three millimeters, double stitch game mats. You know, they're non-skid backing, they're water resistant, stain resistant. And the artwork and the lengths that we go to procure some of the best board game artists, but also the process of printing and how we do that so we maintain consistency and so forth. We have contracted on this campaign with six other artists. Oh, wow. Now, we had an awesome experience. My son, this is an interesting fact. I don't know if your listeners will like this, but my son was the youngest Star Wars Armada World's Champion. Oh, I know. Scott, I still got to go play a game against Josiah here. I got to do it. Go get him. <laughs> he's brilliant. You know, he's way smarter than I am. He handles all of our <laughs> logistics. He's a computer science major and he won the national tournament and then the world's tournament and he's defended his championship one time, became known in that circle and managed the vassal site, made the Grand Admiral Thrawn card for Fantasy Flight. Oh, man. So super cool. He won the national tournament when we were working. We had a shared booth with CGE at Gen Con one year. Okay. On Saturday, there was an opening. He goes, Dad, can I go down there? I think I can get in. And, you know, I had him scheduled to work. (laughs) But I said, yeah, we'll figure it out. He goes down there, cleans the slate the first day, wins it the next day. And he's super nice about it. So he's not a braggart about it at all. I brag about him. But he, he, uh, he wins it and he gets a trip to Adepticon. And he mm-hmm. meets an artist uh, who is also really big into Star Wars Legion. Okay. And his name is Jay Stenstlowski. Okay. And uh, Jay is amazing. He's an artist, digital artist, and he also was selling game mats. And, but it's mostly like terrain type mats. Mm-hmm. And he was having problems with manufacturing. He's a small supplier. And his main thing is this podcast and all the other things that he does in the Legion world. Well, we end up talking to him. Now we are our fifth trooper is the name of his company. Fifth troopers, <laughs> a mat supplier because he loves the quality of our mats. So it just took him another notch up. Right. And then he, we commissioned him to do some terrain mats. We have five new terrain mats. Oh. Um, the first one is the Starfield map. We had people. Yes. We have a beautiful space map, but people just wanted stars. And that's one thing I try to do is listen to our backers. Hey, what do you want? I run surveys. We have a Game Topper Nation Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my brain trust. I bounce ideas. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Hey, look at this. Is this cool or does this suck? <laughs> uh, the water mat was a highly requested mat. So we'd have this beautiful shimmering water. It's gorgeous. Then we have the Mars mat. Mm-hmm. And Perfect for terraforming Mars and even Warhammer and different games of that nature. Oh, sure. We have a new battleground mat. Um, super cool as well. We've made complimation videos with different games on all of these mats, and they're on our YouTube channel right now, actually. Kickstarter okay. launches next Tuesday. So I've been making all these games set up so people can see and feel the immersion. The last terrain mat we had at Gen Con for Arcane Wonders with their a new release of Call of Duty. Okay. And that was the Desert Dunes map. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So cool. It's got a little worm sign even. So playing Dune Imperium <laughs> and you know, any desert theater, war games, uh, just having it on the table is gorgeous. So beautiful map. But then we've got five new thematic game maps, okay? I'll try to go through these really quick. I get really jazzed and excited about my own stuff. <laughs> and that's what we're here for. <laughs> it's so funny. I geek out about our own toys. Um, one of the mats we worked with on our last campaign was with Vincent Dutre. Mm-hmm. Uh, love Vincent. He's a French man, but he actually lives in Korea. And oh, wow. interesting okay. little fact, people may or may not know, but he actually paints on canvas and then digitizes oh. Long and short of it, he, he had just done Amun Ray. The, I asked him if he would do an Egyptian-themed 
And he says, I just finished Amun Ra. I'm kind of burnt out on Egypt. And, and I said, yeah, well, what, what would you like to? He says, have you ever thought about doing an adventure map? I said, that's the next thing I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, uh, We wanted to make something that would be great for like Quest for El Dorado and games like Lost Runes of Arnak. But I kind of wanted to have that Lost Worlds feel too. So like Kong mm-hmm. Island and dinosaur games and Jurassic like Park. Sure. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Little jungle going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he actually d- uh, did our jungle Lost Worlds, Matt. And I got to tell you, it's fabulous. It's got oh. this suspension bridge on the bottom with steam <laughs> coming up out of the jungle and there's a couple dinosaur skulls there where they were fighting each other, munching and <laughs> died. And uh, there's this ruins of the rocks and uh, you, you'll see it. It's awesome. Then I met another wonderful artist. Her name is Amber Scarf. And she worked with Vincent on some different projects, uh, museum and a couple others. And she designed our new nature mat. Now I'm an artist. Mm, oh, I paint yeah. Wildlife. And so I generally do all the sketching and I have an idea of the theme, an idea of what I think our backers will like as far as environment, because we're trying to create an environment that enhances the gameplay, not compete with. So it, it's, a, it's an add-on enhancement. We try to keep the art assets mostly around the edge of the mat. So the center is generally more muted. We have a couple that have more colors and whatnot. But mm-hmm. anyway, this nature mat would be great with games like Wingspan and games like Creature Comforts and Cascadia, games I really enjoy. She knocked it out of the park. It's like <laughs> nice. When we got it, it was just like, oh, my God, I think this is going to be the number one seller. I, I just looked at it. But then something else happened. I started working with this other artist. His name is Xavier Inkgullum. And he's worked with Fantasy Flight and uh, Asmodee and other other noted board game entities. I said, I've got this idea to do an Old West, Red Rock type of town, and then have it Age of Steam themed with railroads and railroad depot and a gold mine and pioneers and the whole thing. So I drew that all out, sent it to him. Oh, I, I know just what to do. Well, he had just worked on a couple different projects that were similar. This mat, when we got it, I just went, this might be my favorite mat. <laughs> but I, I have some other ones that I really, really, really like too. They're, they're all my babies. You know, I love them all. <laughs> I have no favorites. I love them all. So this mat is gorgeous. Games like Coloma, Western Legends, you know, Cult Express. Uh, we, we filmed uh, Carson City on it from Quinnick oh, yeah. Then our number one requested mat from our last, last Kickstarter, we had a stretch goal that if we reach this amount, I'm going to make a map that's the most popular commission. The number one requested. Can you guess the theme? Oh, okay. Guess... <sighs> Can't be space because that would come off as too generic. But for me, like I know, I would want space. space uh, yeah. You already got yeah. Mars. That's it. Can't Pirates be too is specific. always a popular one. Pirates would be a good one. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they have the sea mat. Right, right. I don't know. Most requested. Let's hear it. <laughs> See, now I am the interviewer, and you are the interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> what is it by chance? Orange mat with a blue shield in the middle with the Level Up Podcast logo of Wilford. <laughs> well, if you get your listeners on their high horses uh, and, and really get them to hit the buttons here, we'll we'll make it happen. Come on, pictures. Okay. You know what to do. We'll have it the most number one requested. Yes. The number one requested theme was a horror theme mat. Oh. Oh, oh, God, yeah, you showed Mentions me that madness. thing. That is Final incredible. Girl. We, we ended up finding an artist in the UK. His name is John McCambridge. He's actually a professor of digital art. Guy's amazing. On our last campaign, we had a really nice Cthulhu mat I, that I kind of mm-hmm. collaborated with Richard Lanius about where it's, but it's in the sea, you know, with the ship and Cthulhu coming out of the, his island and all that. Well, this one is more of like a Mansions of Madness spooky type of thing. Got this big creepy mansion with some kind of hauntings going on there. But but the lower part, we've got an old cemetery with creepy woods and some things happening. And and then down under the bridge, you got a Cthulhu tentacle coming up out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, it was better than I thought. I was so pleased to get it. I, and we filmed Cthulhu, Death May Die on it. Uh, uh, okay. A full painted copy of Horrified, full copy of Mansions of Madness painted. Mm-hmm. And we did some video of that to uh, show what it looks like. And I think people that like that genre are going to just totally dig that, Matt. They're going to eat that right up. No doubt. Oh, no doubt. boy. The last one in that genre of thematic mats is from one of my favorite artists. His name is Jaroslav Radecki. He's a professor of art in Poland, actually. But he's done several mats for us. And they're honestly, they're probably my favorites. The Viking mat. When we first mm-hmm. got that one, I couldn't stop looking at it. And I love Viking-themed games. Wait, Blood didn't Rage you just say they're favorite. all your favorites? You're not going to pick one. <laughs> they are all my favorites. But <laughs> one, this one is the one that if I had a goat, if I could only get one, it would probably be the one. I just love the Viking mat. Uh, the pirate mat was like off the hook gorgeous and our number mm-hmm. one seller on the last campaign. What's Super the pirate beautiful. Mat? Sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. He did our Roman mat that we also did all the oh, mats yeah. for Foundations of Rome. In fact, they liked the art so much. They uh, Arcane Wonders asked me if they could use the artwork on their actual board, even though they had their artwork done. Because they, <laughs> and then we did all the mats for them and, and helped them. And what a wonderful partnership with those guys. And that game yeah. is one of my favorite top 10 games. After Vincent turned me down on Egypt, I went to Yaroslav and said, hey, what do you think about ancient Egypt? <laughs> After going through it and the little scene or little peek behind the door, so to speak, he sends me the email. He says, okay, this is where where it's at. What do I need to fix? (laughs) I've never had any artist ever do that to me. You know, you got to kind of be careful sometimes how you critique things, you know, and I. Mm -hmm. I Right. That's his approach. And I said, it's amazing. I said, (laughs) I was wondering. What about if we had a caravan on the bottom going from the Nile over to Nefertiri's palace? No problem. I said, maybe just a little more detail up in Cleopatra's city. Sends it back. There's camels running around. There's a, there's a, I mean, we all of a sudden got got an oasis over there by Nefertiri's. They're running across there. They're up on scaffolding, painting on the walls of Cleopatra's city. Nice. Um, this thing is friggin' awesome. I love this map. I saw that picture of you had, what was it, Almond Ra on it, and it just complements that thing perfectly. Boom. Cleopatra, City of Architects. We did uh, Ra from 25th okay. Century Games. We put that on there, too. And then Almond Ra was, and now that was Vincent Dutre art, but it looked so amazing. I mean, there wasn't anything that took away. All it did was add. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of other ones, too. It's just... I. Super head over heels. <laughs> one of the things that I think is probably one of the coolest things we've ever done um, during the pandemic was really a tough time for a lot of publishers, a lot of manufacturers. Uh, I, I experienced a lot of a lot of those same pains with shipping costs and production overrun costs. Uh, cost of goods were just going through the roof. I mean. We had things that would double in price. Resin mm. price went up. Uh, aluminum went up 23%. They had three price increases on cardboard just for packaging. I mean, and a lot of companies really suffered during that time. And we did too, but we had good enough sales that we at least maintained. But we make three different types of toppers. One is a standard powder-coated aluminum. It's beautiful, sleek. Then we have an inlay version, our luxuriant line, which oh, has yeah. open inlay and then another one that has a walnut gorgeous we love it but the walnut price has tripled on me um, yeah all that wood's with, gone up oh it just was brutal it, i had to come up with an extra thirty seven thousand dollars just to pay the walnut bill i could have asked scott yep, well I, yeah that's what i did but then he, he <laughs> that's another story uh, yeah yeah We'll talk after this. <laughs> he said I had to ask you, but I just didn't feel I could do that. Too. I didn't know you well enough. <laughs> you got me noodles once, okay? We're not on the ask for 37000 yet. We're getting there. <laughs> no, anyway, I had been thinking about something a few years ago at the Gamma Trade Show. GTS wanted to make some Pokemon tables, and they asked me if I could help. And tournament tables, and, and I had this idea to do vinyl printed graphics on the rails. 
I got thinking about it with our inlays, instead of using wood as the substrate that fills the inset, that what if we used acrylic? Acrylic is expensive also, but it's extremely durable and you can, it, 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 the adhesion to vinyl graphics is really good. Well, there's a particular type of vinyl graphics that they use for floor signage, for vehicles, uh, that is extremely durable, but then they have these heavy duty laminates that are scratch proof and all of that. Well, at Origins, I met Brent and Kayla Woodside from Woodside Illustrations. They've done a lot of work for the Tolkien uh, State, Wizards of the Coast. They've done mm, work for okay. Disney, amazing artists. And I was thinking about a game mat, actually, and I brought them over to the booth and I told them this idea that I had for doing rail art. Well, long and short of it, they immediately connected with me creatively and I said, I'd love to do a D&D fantasy type themed rail. And I said, I'd love to do a superhero rail. I'd, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd like to do a space themed rail. Oh, you know, wow. And, and, and boy, we, the juices were just flowing. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> and long and short of it, we started testing the materials. We started testing the concept, the cost, if it was prohibitive, all of those things. And started working with Brent and Kayla around Gen Con time on the artwork. Uh, just a week ago, we actually got all the final stuff installed. That's how close we've wow. been going. It's been a work in progress. But this new, what we're calling the Designer Art Series Game Toppers. And we have a limited edition 50 units of our Mycroft, the four foot by six foot topper. Mm -hmm. And when you see this artwork in the rails... It has three storyboards on each of the 24-inch sec sections. You got this whole band that is sitting in there thinking about how they're going to go steal the dragon horde. And, and, and over sitting over there, there's an old wizard on the table overhearing it and some minstrels playing and, and Miriam Pippin type hobbit characters are jumping on the table, you know, messing around. And next scene is they're on the journey to the mountains. And on the next scene, they're going in the mountains and all of that. Wow. And the fourth big 48-inch scene is doing battle with the orcs. Now they've grabbed, you know, the goblins are coming after them. They're fighting here. They've got the cobalts over here, and then the dragon is over there. there. <laughs> it's all happening, baby. It's you can oh, tell an entire geez. story using these side rails. That, that's fantastic. You said superhero, and my, my mind immediately thought like, oh, yeah, you could have superhero scenes. You could do like a comic strip. On oh, yeah. to a rail so that it's like, you know, not an actual cohesive story, but almost like somebody took pages of a comic book and slapped yes. them down randomly. And it's like, oh my goodness, look, it's it. It's just like you can get busier with those rails too, because the mat is, like you said, a little bit more muted in the middle. You don't want to take away from the game. But the outside, you know, if I'm playing a game with a lot of cards, maybe I want a rail that's a little, little less busy. If not, like if I've just got some tokens, some dice or whatever. Yeah, man, make that thing pop. Well, mm -hmm. first, the first thing we tested was with our wood grain map. It looked, people think it's actually wood and it's the printing is so good. Well, we printed that same art file on the rail and people thought it was wood rail. Um, so <laughs> that's we the mat I got out right it. now. It's our creativity now is the only limitation. You know, it's like I talked to publishers. We can do a custom branded table for you. I was talking yeah. to Mike uh, from Gameland Games, you know, had this beautiful display with all this castle and said, well, we can match your artwork from your castle and put that on the rails so everything matches. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Going forward, as we get feedback from our backers, if they like it, one of the things that's really awesome, I I think, I, I just think it's one of the coolest things that we've ever done. And, and, and it was almost out of necessity because of the market conditions and the cost of you know, premium woods. And I, I still love them and would still probably offer them, but they're just expensive, you know, and more expensive, not, not quite as near as much as a big, big dog table. But nonetheless, this is only going to be a couple hundred dollars more than our standard. It's just a slight upgrade in price to, for us to be able to accomplish that. And most of that just has to do with art. Uh, oh, wow. I'm just, and it can change. You know, if you start out with this, you can take these out and we can flip them out with a different kit. We can start making vinyl wrap kits for people. <laughs> you want a race car theme, you, you know, whatever you want, whatever you're into. Unbelievable. Now, this is all starting with the Kickstarter. When does this kick off again? Tuesday, October 24th, 10 a.m. 
we did one other uh, thing that, well, we've got a ton of stuff, over 20 brand new items on this campaign. I've only wow, just talked okay. about a little bit. But uh, one of the big things too, and this has been in the works for a long time, I think you might have seen this one, Scott, but our new children's table, a oh, yes, yes. table, the young Sherlock. And this is a special leg kit because all of our toppers now can be full-blown tables. Well, this little thing has 1,500-pound lockable casters. You can put a shop table on it. I prototyped all kinds of stuff and said I need it really stout. It's got to hold a Berkey. So. <laughs> yeah, there were um, so many people asking about that at Origins. Everyone, can I get this? No, not yet. Well, now we've got reclining sofas, too, and you got coffee tables that don't move. Well, this moves, and it locks, but it's – perfect for the kids and mm -hmm. uh, my grandson we dressed him up in a sherlock home costume and he's young <laughs> sherlock There's some fun videos are coming out and we're uh excited about that but one of the other things that it really quick is mat storage solutions people mm, have thousands yeah. and hundreds of mats right where do you put yeah, them it becomes an issue corner crumpled up and some of them don't crumple well <laughs> you know they <laughs> get a memory to them well our, our manufacturer for our premium bags and whatnot, they have a clear window, really awesome mm -hmm. mat storage bags that we have already. I got this idea, and it was a big back and forth process, but we did a new product that we're calling the Baker Street Irregulars, which is a oh. home-themed uh, thing. That's all the little kids that Sherlock Holmes would do his, mm -hmm. do his thing around town, gather information. But it's a mat storage caddy. You can put generally two play mats in one of our little bags. Right. And on the back, it has commercial grade Velcro. On the caddy oh. is a big piece of fabric. The bags stick right to it, and you can do four of them on there. So up to oh. eight mats. Well, this thing has hooks that you can hook on the back of a closet door, and you can daisy chain up to five of these. <laughs> oh, you could potentially have up to 40 mats all just beautifully displayed <laughs> in one place, whichever one you want. You see the window, you go there, grab it off there. But each four-pack, we've got these, these little carbiner clips with grommets that hold the caddies together. It has uh -huh. a handle that allows you to grab the four mats and Velcro it together and carry it as a cool little. Oh, wow. Pack. So <clears throat> this hooks on our mat racks that we have now, the Lord Burton six-hole rack, the J.J. Burton four-hole rack. <laughs> it can hang up on the on the on those racks. But this whole thing, we're retailing it for $79.95, or excuse me, $89.95. It includes four mat bags, the caddy, and all the hardware. But wait. There's more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On our Kickstarter, we're going to blow this thing out for $49.95. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Oh. You're like half price, practically. But wait, there's more. Oh, Berkey. <laughs> you get a set of German steel knives. No, not that. <laughs> Maybe some OxyClean. No, not that. <laughs> what you're going to get in addition, if we hit some numbers... We're making a 24 by 14 inch game topper, three millimeter premium stitch play mat. Okay. Okay. It, in the crimson red or black, you're going to be able to get those for $25. But if we hit some stretch goals, we're going to include one of those play mats in that caddy for 49 wow. bucks. Oh, nice. I'm really pumped about it because it's a big problem for us as gamers having so many mats and to have a nice solution that, mm -hmm. that organizing protects them and makes it functional to take the game night, all of those things, and to make it affordable. Most definitely. Yes, yes. Well, ne needed we that. appreciate your time so much, Berkey, for telling us about the Kickstarter, telling us about the history of Game Toppers, everything. It's been an absolute blast. I know every time I hang out with you, I have an absolute great time. But we come to the end of this here, and what we always do is we have the level up lightning round. Ooh. Chance so, for Berkey to level up. Okay. Yes, yes, this. yes. So, so Patrick's going to read them. We're going to time you. So are you ready right. to try and level up? Yeah, you this, was, this was not in the, in the script. script. I wanted oh, no, to, no, no, you, heavens I wanted no. all the questions ahead of time. No, 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 no. You no. wouldn't get a level up if it was scripted. Okay, oh, Scott, okay, here's what okay. we're going to do. Scott, you got the stopwatch? <clears throat> I am ready. Berkey, you ready? Eight questions. We want the first thing that comes to mind. Got it. Okay, ready, go. What is your favorite board game of all time? Blood Rage. Can you play an instrument? Yes, guitar. Better NFL defense, the Steel Curtain or the Purple People Eaters? 
Oh, purple people eater skull. <laughs> okay, movie time. I'm going to name three characters. I want you to tell me the film. Marcus Brody, Walter Donovan, Henry Jones Jr. Henry Jones Jr. That's uh, Indiana Jones, the the Last Crusade. Well done. Okay, number mm-hmm. five, Lone Star, President Scroob, and Dark Helmet. Oh, I know this. This is the <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> the sites for more money. In what state? <laughs> if I'm visiting it, might I find such lovely cities as Nimrod, Good Thunder, Sleepy Eye, or Clam Falls? Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. So oh, we got him, Scott. Oh, it's your own state. <laughs> yeah, sure, you betcha. It's I in Minnesota. <laughs> what is the best candy bar? Oh, Baby Ruth. No, Reese's Peanut Cup. Yes, yes, he's right. You got it right. And number eight, to bring it on home, you want to get dinner at Pax? Oh, the Noodle Factory. That's <laughs> Pax, baby. It's back. I've been craving it okay. since last year. Actually, if they have a Mission Barbecue in Philadelphia, I've been craving that lately. <laughs> oh, that'd be good, too. I do like I'll the have Fogo to explain. De Cloud Brazilian Steakhouse in Philly, too. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That Bring is on a good meat, one there. Let's go get the meat sweats. Mm. <laughs> well, again, Barky, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. We know you're very busy. What with the Kickstarter coming up? Uh, give us uh, the 45-second. The We're going to be signing off here. So one last one last hurrah for adventurers. The dates of the Kickstarter. If I'm in the, you know, what am I going to find when I hit that page? Go. You're going to get on October 24th, Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Daylight Time, the Kickstarter launches. There are going to be tons of stretch goals. We've got tons of customer loyalty stretch goals for existing backers, package deals that save you hundreds of dollars of money uh, on on the packages, all these 20 new items. Uh, When you see some of the creative things we're doing with the stretch goals, People are going to be blown away by a lot of savings. And I really went all out with a double mat bundle, a four mat rack bundle with a mat rack and a six pack. I mean, we got some crazy cool stuff. And you can find us at GameToppersLLC.com, Kickstarter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Berkey. Have a good night, sir. Have a great night. Hey, adventurers, get on back to last week's episode. It was a giant two-hour affair, all about PGX convention recap, tons of games, gateway games talk, and Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy got the 8-bit breakdown. Before that was our side quest for the characters expansion for Obsession. Dan Halligan joins us. Characters expansion is live until the end of October. It's already fully funded. I'm a backer. If you're a fan, it's a no-brainer. Finally, we can't wait to have you back next week when we teach you the many ways that cinnamon can spice up your favorite season desserts no i'll see you next time scott thanks again berkey farewell thank you guys thank you adventurers for joining us for this episode of the level up board game podcast we encourage all adventurers to check out our website at levelupgamepodcast.com that's where you can submit your thoughts and audio to be used in a future episode please consider rating us on itunes like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and join the Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3722. Music for the podcast provided by Adam Haynes and the Heatley Brothers. And remember, whether in hobby or in life, always do what you can to level up.